Adam Schefter drops more thoughts on the Chicago Bears' current situation that they find themselves in. We're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about some of the prospects at the number nine pick that things kind of starting to over be overlooked a little bit by, by fans. We're going to get to all that, plus the Arlington Heights situation and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bears Central, your number one place for all Chicago Bears news and content. What's going on, Bears fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bears Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bears related. I'm the host, Air Hayes. But more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Shy Bears Central on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into this content today. So Adam Schefter was interviewed on Waddle and Sylvie, and he dropped kind of more thoughts. One thing that I do love about what he said in this interview, how he was asked, he's like, hey, I'm at the Super Bowl. You think I'm really thinking about the Bears? But I, I like I like some of the things that he talked about. I just want to bullet points I want to break down and talk about here. First up, he did say that Justin Fields' trade value is high, saying that a lot of teams still look at the untapped potential in Justin Fields, and they feel that their coaching staff or offensive scheme could help better utilize his skill set than what the Chicago Bears uh, did did or have up until this point. And it does think, uh, have that with multiple teams being interested, that it does drive up the uh, the value that Justin Fields could have. I talked a little bit on yesterday's episode, just kind of talking about that trade value, a second round pick, maybe even a future pick in, in, in regards to that. But it does seem like right now that the idea of getting a first or second round pick wouldn't be shocking for Justin Fields, depending on the team that he's going to go to. Now, I've said before, the thing that the Bears are, aren't only weighing is just Justin Fields versus Caleb Williams. With, that, with the future of the quarterback situation, you're also weighing the packages that you can get back for either player and how that can help you kind of set up your your future. So that's something that Ryan Poles does have to weigh. And hearing that uh, that Justin Fields' value is kind of higher than, especially what some Bears fans would hold it at, uh, you know, definitely adds to that as well on, on, on things that Ryan Poles has to weigh in that. Now, from you know, Shefty isn't the end-all be-all, so we want to be clear on that. But, you know, we've heard that maybe getting a first-round pick, at least in this year's draft, maybe uh, teams may be hesitant to do that. But if you get a future first, you know, and you decide to move fields, I, I, I mean, I guess, right? Uh, you know, it, it is what it is when it comes down to it. We'll see what Ryan Poles and and the future of the Bears do hold when it comes down to that. And then Adam Schefter also talked about that right now, it seems like Ryan Poles doesn't plan on moving on from the first overall pick, but that could be leverage that he is, that he is holding. Now, this shouldn't shock anybody who's familiar with the Chicago Bears and who, who have been uh, you know, have been, uh, you know, kind of reviewing how he's been operating. The fact of the matter is Ryan Poles is a strategist. He plays chess. There's a reason why people call him King Poles. And so when it comes down to it is that, you know, Schefter pointed out, like, getting a haul back for the first overall pick and still being able to draft a Marvin Harrison Jr. is a really, really good idea for the Chicago Bears. But also saying that, you know, drafting uh, Caleb Williams first overall is a good idea as well. And he even kind of painted it as that's the two main options at play right now for the Chicago Bears, and that's something that it adds a little bit more clarity. We had thought process, right, that the Bears would probably want to, if they did trade that number one overall pick, not go too low. You don't want to go past the Arizona Cardinals if you do want to target a Marvin Harrison Jr. in this draft. And it does seem like, you know, Schefter is saying that, you know, per what he's hearing is that the Ryan Poles doesn't plan on moving the first overall pick, but he does lay, lay in there that this could potentially be a a tactic that's good there. He said that, listen, a trade with the Washington Commanders first for, for the first overall pick would start with two first-round picks getting back, one for this year's draft and one for a future draft as well. 
and even saying that, you know, the, the right now it depends on how highly the Chicago Bears value Caleb Williams. And if, if they see him as this generational talent that some people are claiming him to be. And at, at that time, like they're saying that the value for that number one overall pick, if it's moved, would have to be extremely high. Again, this all kind of makes sense per what we've heard, just reviewing it. If you kind of been paying attention to the situation, right? But this is kind of he's kind of the first person to mention that part of this plan in place for the Chicago Bears may be to get and walk away from Marvin Harrison Jr. if they do move down while still getting a, a future first round pick in that as well. That'd be very similar to what the Chicago Bears got back for last year's pick and getting DJ Moore and then getting this year's pick that ended up becoming the number one overall pick. So that's something to really look at. And that evaluation of Kayla Williams is going to be the most important piece. If you guys have been watching me here for a while, I've been telling you guys, don't think that, don't believe the hype that Ryan Poles has made any type of decision quite yet on what to do with that number one overall pick. It does seem like he he sees uh, 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 Caleb Williams, that he does like Caleb Williams to a degree, but it's weighing that other value. And to that, Schefter also pointed out there, there is no disinterest between Caleb Williams and the Chicago Bears. And he did say that, uh, that he feels that if the Chicago Bears stay with number one and draft Caleb Williams, he's going to be their franchise, which that goes without saying, right? If you draft Caleb Williams, number one overall, your plan is to make him your franchise quarterback. So you know, things are still up in the air. And, and you know, I, I get it, and I've said before, why the national media likes to present this thing as we know exactly what the Bears are doing. But I think the Bears, until they get Caleb Williams, Drake May, these other prospects, and even Marvin Harris, some of the other prospects as well that they can look at further in this draft, until they get them in their building, until Shane Waldron and their crew gets a look at them, puts them through whatever test and training that they want to put them through to do that, they're not going to have a decision made. And the decision is going to be collaborative with coming together. It ultimately comes down to what Kevin Warren and Ryan Poles want to do. So, you know, this kind of all kind of solidified that fact. I'm glad that Shefty came out and, you know, just talked about it a little bit more. I know that that initial clip came out from Shefty of saying that, you know, what he's hearing that the Bears are going to go number one. But now that that's interviews, for me, that was on the Pat McAfee show. Now he had kind of a more long-form interview on Waddle and Sylvie, it kind of adds a little bit more clarity to what this team really could be looking for and what he's hearing. Now, again, all this is all speculative, right? I want to be clear on this. It's all speculative. It's all what he's hearing through other sources. It's not like Adam Schefter's had a sit-down meeting with Ryan Poles and Ryan Poles has laid out what his game plan and thought process is for this offseason. But Schefter is one of the most plugged-in NFL analysts. He's still wrong on things quite a bit. Shout out to Swifty, who's actually posting. Swifty's been killing it on Twitter, by the way. Uh, posting it on Twitter like all the time. Chef has been wrong lately, and it has been a lot. So we'll see where this ends up going with the Chicago Bears, but I'm glad that Shefty said kind of what I've been saying. These national media pundits don't give a shit about the Chicago Bears, and it is what it is. Now, one thing that came out in this that I do think that is going to be triggering for some Bears fans is that he said this, that Shef Shefty said that, Harbaugh wasn't even an option considered by the Chicago Bears. He believes that the Bears never showed any true interest in Jim Harbaugh and that, uh, you know, Ryan Poles decided early on that he was going to be rolling with Matt Eberflus. Now, when you add to that what we heard coming out of, you know, after the season end, that they basically spent two days deliberating on what to do with the, with the coaching situation in Chicago. And, you know, that I said then that that would mean that there are definitely people who are against Matt Eberflus, but somebody had to be the voice of, no, I think Matt needs to get another chance. And it seems like that is Ryan Poles that believes in Matt Eberflus. And so this goes back to people saying, well, you know, Ryan Poles didn't hire Matt Eberflus. 
guess what? Like I said, every year that goes by, that's that's Ryan Poles' guy. Now he does get a chance to hire another quarterback if he, I'm sorry, uh, a coach if he decides to move on. But hearing that Ryan Poles is one of the biggest supporters of Matt Eberflus, I think says a lot. You got to understand that it just comes down to it that Ryan Poles sees enough in Matt Eberflus right now that he wanted to bet and did so enough to spend a lot of money to bring in a whole new offensive staff, right? To bring that staff in, uh, Shane Waldron, somebody who who was heralded for a lot of jobs to bring him in and then let's see what we're going to do. So, it, you know, we'll see what happens, man. It seems like the front office were really big on keeping him uh, as well. And we'll see what that means for the quarterback situation. But let me know what you guys think on all that down below. Like I said, just some details to come out from Shefty and all of this, man. And we'll see how everybody feels about it. But one of the things, everybody's so focused with the Chicago Bears and what they plan to do at number one. With that number one overall pick, are they going to trade down? Or are they going to draft Caleb Williams? I want to talk about what the Bears do at number nine. Now, that is going to be informed by what they do with that number one overall pick. No, make no mistake about it. But the fact that the Bears have number nine, there's quite a bit of positions and players there that, that can play into needs for the Chicago Bears. And so when you look at kind of, I looked at some of the mock drafts, right? And I looked at kind of the, the most common players on most of the mock drafts right now. I got, it, I got it down to five players that are on most of these mocks. The first one is Latou. Uh, and I know I always mispronounce his name. That's why I just say the last name out of UCLA. This is an edge. And this makes sense for the Chicago Bears for a few different reasons. Edge is an important part of Matt Eberflus' system. And you got Montez Sweat. You got him locked in now as a veteran. Drafting another uh, uh, edge at a high. We have not used a premium pick, meaning in the first two rounds on the edge position, since Ryan Poles has come here. That may change in this draft. Bringing in another dynamic edge that's solid in the run and the pass on the opposite side of Montez Sweat can continue what we saw developing for that defensive line last season. It also uh, puts somebody on the timeline of Javon Dexter, Zach Pickens. You still have uh, Walker as well who can move from the inside and out, be kind of versatile in that. So this that pick makes sense for uh, the Bears, and I see a lot of why he's on a lot of common mocks for the Bears. Next up is Malik Neighbors. Now, this, of course, would be completely changed if the Bears do decide they trade down to two or three. They decide to draft Marvin Harrison Jr., but Neighbors is still a damn good wide receiver. Now, I've said before, he's not as good as Marvin Harrison Jr. I don't care what the numbers say. Marvin Harrison Jr. was the offense at Ohio State with a with a with McCord, who was a marginal. It's not like he's a transitional quarterback at OSU. But Malik Neighbors is an absolute dog as well. And if you look at adding Malik Neighbors on the other side of DJ Moore, you're looking then at having such a really good and solid running uh, wide receiver core to match what you have other places. So again, that would be determined about by what the Bears do at number one. Also, you'd have to have Malik Neighbors drop down to number nine. Depends on what other teams do kind of up above them in the draft. But again, this is another player that makes sense for the Bears. Is at a position of need. And if the Bears do go quarterback with the number one overall pick, it makes sense to go ahead and get another get a young wide receiver to kind of grow with that quarterback as well. I think that that would mean if the Bears go rookie quarterback and they draft a rookie wide receiver, I do think that that would mean veteran, another veteran wide out, whether it's keeping DJ Moore or getting another veteran wide out in free agency. So look out for that one. And then next up is surprising, but that's Brock Bowers. Now, not surprising for the skill level. Brock Bowers is a beast. But considering the Bears just signed Cole Komet to that over $50 million contract, kind of surprising to think that they will go another tight end this high in the draft when you already have a solid one and there's some really good uh, second tight ends that you can get in free agency or even later in this draft. But like I said before, that's not any knock on Brock Bowers. 
He's an absolute dog when you look at it. 56 receptions last year for 714 yards, six touchdowns, and an average of 12.8 yards per reception. Brock Bowers is, is, like I said, he's a dog. He's a player in the league, 6'4", 240 pounds, 21 years old. This guy can absolute ball out. And when you look at Shane Waldron's system, how they do look to, like to use tight ends in it, could be something said about getting there. You don't have to worry about your tight end position for quite a while at that time. I just don't know if the Bears go kind of a position that they already have their starter in and, and, and draft at that premium of a position there. But, hey, I could be wrong depending upon what they do in free agency and other places. Next up is Penn State uh, tackle Olu Fashanu. Now, we've talked heavily about this guy. This is a guy who is definitely going to go in, in that top 10 picks in the draft. I think yeah, he may fall a little bit out of the top 10 depending on what happens. But I think he'll be there at number nine for the Chicago Bears. And it makes sense that he pops up on a lot of mocks. Tackle, 6'6", 317 pounds. This guy is a beast. And we talked about the need to add some more depth to that offensive line, bring in some competition uh, as well for Braxton Jones. This would do all of that. And so, you know, and he probably would win that starting position. And then you're looking at moving Braxton to more of a depth piece where you're using all up and down that offensive line, which I do think he can thrive in. So this is definitely a position that the Bears will go after and get shore up that offensive line, protect your quarterback, no matter who that quarterback is. This pick makes sense for, for the Chicago Bears in a lot of ways. Next up, and the last one on this, is actually a cornerback in Terry and Ardo. Now, I felt like this one was a little surprising on the surface, that he pops up in so many mocks. But it, then when you kind of add a little bit more color into it, it makes a little bit of sense. The Bears could be losing Jalen Johnson in free agency, and if they do, they could be looking for another number one cornerback. Now, you know, people really like Tyreek Stevenson. He showed that he's the absolute dog. We got that young cornerback crew overall there. But the Bears could be looking to maybe draft another corner to help step in and take that starting role uh, that, that, that's going to be uh, vacated by Jalen Johnson. This is another young guy. He's 20 years old, 6 feet, 198 pounds. This dude is also a monster. He got six interceptions last season alone. I'm sorry, in his overall, his collegiate career, he got uh, five interceptions just last season. And this is a guy who also had one sack as well. He's fast. He has a proper technique. He needs to fill out a little bit more and develop some, but this could be if the Bears do lose Jalen Johnson. Really nice pick there for the Bears as well. So that's kind of kind of where the most mocks have us right now, drafting at that number nine spot. You guys can let me know any names that weren't on this list that you do think could be an option that the Bears could look at. Joe Alt, things like that, I'm sure people are going to mention. But let me know what you guys think on that down below. Now, before we go, got one last topic to get into, and that is the Arlington Heights situation. Now, we heard and Meesey Dub and Bobby in our last live stream all together talked about that it seems like the Bears right now are kind of more focused to building that new stadium on the riverfront if possible. We got a little bit more clarity on that. So it seems like the former CEO president, Ted Phillips, was the one that was kind of more focused on Arlington Heights. Now, since Kevin Warren has stepped in, somebody who has experience with a stadium construction before, he actually was the mastermind behind the U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis, and he lives in the downtown area. Is one of the pieces that are people that are more focused on really pushing this going, staying in the city of Chicago. And so it looks like he also has a relationship with the mayor, Brandon Johnson, which is kind of helping to kind of close some of these gaps. So where it seemed like at one point that the Bears were going to be moving to Arlington Heights, it seems like that's all the momentum is all but shifted to that to now kind of the focus being back and staying in the heart of Chicago. And so I mean, listen, I know we, we talked about it. Extremely excited about that. I think there's something different about just being in downtown Chicago, 
not too far off from where the White Sox are looking to build their new stadium potentially as well. Got the United Center down there that's not too far away. So it would make sense. And I think it would keep that same type of feeling. And the fact that uh, Kevin Warren has that relationship with the mayor of Chicago could also, you know, go, go smooth things over. Reportedly, the talks between both sides have gone extremely, extremely smooth. And so the Bears are now sitting in this situation where they bought this property at Arlington Heights. The taxes is one of the reasons that had them start looking elsewhere. And now it's re-entered the city of Chicago to stay in that conversation. And this is what a lot of Bears fans were hoping. And so if the Bears can stay on that riverfront, I think that's the best thing possible. But let me know what you guys think down below. Now we got one voicemail to play before we get it, go away today. This one, this one's from Corn. Hey, what's good? Hey, man, it's Corn, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. I'm calling. I'm still calling on this channel, man. Yeah. Uh, but I think you know the reason why I'm calling. Um, a lot of people um, on this station know why I'm calling in. Um, I know that you heard who we hired as OC. Um, your old OC, Luke Getsky. <laughs> man, you can't make this shit up, man. As a Raiders fan, when you feeling good, because the high was Cliff Kingsbury, having a rumor that Caleb Williams is coming and all that making trades to Cliff Kingsbury now pulling back and we hired Luke Jesse. They just, they just, the Raiders always do this to us, man. They just put, they, 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 they put our hope up to the ceiling, to the sky, to the roof, and then they say, nah, 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 nah. Let's, let's put it back down into the spectrum. I'm, I'm not as upset as a lot of people. I'm more easy chill. Because I don't know too much about Luke Getsy. That's why I'm going to ask you, was that a good hire or not? Uh, what would he bring? And uh, what was his fault and the reason for him to be fired from you, from y'all? Uh, and the next one is, the next question is, you know, now that Luke Getsy here, now the rumor is we're going to trade for Justin Fields. Now, what the fuck is going on with Justin Fields? Why is his... Um, Draft stock so low, so bad now. It's kind of like Zach, huh? Like, <laughs> like, like, like it's kind of like Zach, which I, like what we dealing with with Zach and the Bulls is like. Hold on, I thought Justin would be at least worth a, a couple firsts or something. But people looked at me crazy, said I was. I was like, man, I'll give him for Justin Fields. I'll give him the 13th pick. Devontae Adams did it. One person said I was crazy. So I don't know. Um, I don't know what's going on with Justin Fields. To me, I, I think he's a special talent. Uh, but people say they would go no far as the second and the fifth round pick for Justin Fields, and that's across the NFL and other medias. But then, you know, I, I trust you more than other media, so you can maybe speak on more. Is Justin Fields really worth a second pick? Because to me, I would feel like Justin Fields would be worth at least a first-round pick. But like I said, I'm not a Bears fan. I'm not all into that. But that's why I'm calling in because – we got business, <laughs> I guess, you know, some synonymous business to talk about when it comes to the Raiders and the Bears. So uh, appreciate you, King. What do you think about the Luke Getty hire? What do you think about the trade? Uh, will you trade straight up for Devontae, for uh, Justin Fields or what? I don't know. We all fucked up here. <laughs> Peace, King. All right. What what Luke Getzey has the Raiders. Here's what I can say: prepare for a lot of screens, um, a lot of screens, and that's something that that dictated that even you know without Justin Fields, even when Bajent was starting. Um, but I'll say this, man: you're getting an offensive coordinator that's flawed. That to me, uh, and what I've seen from him in his time here in Chicago is somebody who is a front runner. He calls solid plays enough when you're playing with the lead. 
but he doesn't necessarily play to win the game. He plays not to lose the game. And I think that's something that definitely has hurt him as a play caller here in Chicago. It, it, maybe he learns from those mistakes. I'm I you know, I'm not too high on Luke Getze. The fact that he got hired before Eric Bieniemy is wild to me on top of everything else. But you're getting a guy who is flawed. I, that's all I can say. And and maybe, maybe a different situation, a different type of quarterback, a different head coach that maybe can guide him a little bit more. Maybe those things help him kind of shore up some of the things that he lacked here in Chicago. Now, as far as Justin Fields to the Raiders, here's what I'll tell you, bro. Uh, what is it, you ask, what is it about Justin Fields? I think it just comes down to expectations and performance. The expectations of when we drafted Justin Fields were through the roof. And Bears fans, for a franchise that hasn't had that true franchise quarterback, it, it brought a, a lot of judgments and is going to continue to do that until we finally have one. And Justin has, has developed in certain areas. He hasn't in some. Now, you can say that that's coached per the first uh, uh, topic today, you know, that there are a lot of teams that look at and say that, hey, we can, we can, there's untapped potential there. We can pull it out of them with our coaching staff. And so, but the, but the biggest thing is there is that, do you really want to pair Justin Fields back with Luke Getze? Like, I don't understand anybody who would want to do that after seeing what that produced, but maybe that's just me, Corn. Maybe that's just me. But thank you so much for leaving that voicemail. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bull Central Pop. Woo. See, I keep doing that. I don't know what. I've been so good at that most of the season. I keep switching up the, the shows. You can follow the show at Shy Bears Central on every social media platform. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, Chicago Bears Central at gmail.com. And then lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for the mailbag, which goes down Fridays and Saturdays, the number to do so, 773-242-9336. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bears related, thanks to you guys. And like I liked in every episode on, Shy town up, but bear down. Love you guys. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of The Break, Break, Break Media. Media.